Welcome to X-Men Evolution, episode 13 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men animated recap podcast. I'm Rod, and this is the last episode of recording for the night. I'm not physically tired. And the season. And the season, yes, the season finale. And I know how this ends, even before watching it, because TikTok comments. We left off, yeah, with the cliffhanger, so now we're going to continue in this one. And I'm JC, and I'm actually using the script from episode 12, which is fine, because none of what I have to read changes, and I didn't notice until we started recording. Cyclops is Waiting for Me is our weekly podcast series, where we're going back and watching every single X-Men animated episode we could find, along with some bonus episodes. Our first series started with the original 1992 X-Men, the animated series, building up to the release of X-Men 97, which we thought was going to be coming to Disney Plus in 2023. As of late Labor Day weekend? We don't know. But since it's not here yet, we need to find some other shows to cover, like X-Men Evolution. Some quick reminders, we're a recap show about a series that started over 20 years ago. There will be spoilers. If you don't want it spoiled for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode, come back, and also maybe not check out the comments on TikTok. We're currently not sponsored or affiliated with Marvel, Marvel Animation, Disney, or Disney Plus in any way. Or TikTok. Don't forget to follow us on Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Twitter, which JC refuses to call X without mocking it, and Facebook. And of course, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast service. I mean, technically, Twitter still calls itself Twitter because you still have to go to Twitter.com. You can go to Twitter.com, but you can also go to X. They have X.com? I believe that was kind of the whole point. Oh, should I look that up and risk? I love okay. that this oh. is like a month after the rebrand in real time. Okay, so you can go to x.com. It just goes to twitter.com, though. Yeah, it's a redirect. So, yeah, so Twitter is still the main... Okay, whatever. Anyway, it's... <laughs> you mean he didn't plan this? He didn't migrate everything <laughs> over properly? Now into the show. Today we're going to be talking about season one, episode 13. Once again, season finale titled The Cauldron, part two. It still doesn't make any more sense after this episode. I actually wrote The Crucible and then scratched oh, really? it out and wrote The Cauldron. Yeah. That's hilarious. It aired May 12, 2001. Currently sits at a 7.6 star rating on IMDb. Wow, they actually made people wait a week this back then of course they did it was only a 13 episode season this episode is to my recollection the first time there's a previously on yes but they specifically say last time on they didn't say previously on yeah it was the last it was and fair enough i think the first time there's a multi-part episode accurate so they covered everything from the previous episode and then that was the cold open then it goes into intro when it comes back from the intro toad is sulking is nasty and eats a fly Sad Toad. Yeah, Sad Toad. And if you remember, like, he had just lost, or I guess lost, I don't know. I, lost his, like, He lost word. twice. Twice, yeah. Well, he did lose twice. Maybe that was the thing. It wasn't that he necessarily lost to Rogue. It's that he definitely lost the first time. And, and then he lost time. again. And Nightcrawler comes up and grabs his tongue, which is nasty, man. Mm-hmm. And asks where everybody went. Like, like, what happened? Like, this is the freaking rapture, you know? Because everybody just kind of disappeared. Yeah, and, and Toad is like, yep, I got left behind. We're all a bunch of losers. And then he proceeds to tell people about Magneto. And this is what I was saying last episode about Magneto not thinking things through. He took people who were loyal to him and, like, screwed them and left them out there in the wild. But I feel like if you get all the winners, these people don't feel like as much of a threat. Maybe the argument can be made is if like the Storm Mystique fight, either person is a threat, or the Sabretooth Wolverine fight, either person is a threat. But like, I mean, what is Evan gonna do really? <laughs> but with the, with the people on his side though, they have information. So that's what Toad says. He's like, well, hell to that. I'm not loyal to anything anymore and so he spills the beans about what magneto's doing this is the first time anyone on 
that's not part of the Brotherhood has any clue what's going on. Jump over to Asteroid M, and Cyclops is talking to Professor X, and he's like, look, we, we're here to listen. And it's like, well, maybe you should, like, see what happens to the people who don't listen. And that's where it's the reveal that they're, like, all locked up. And Scott is not happy about that. So he finally, yeah, he speaks up. Apparently he didn't, rec- he didn't see that there were entire whole ass humans and tubes xavier tries to telepathically talk to scott and scott reacts that's the problem is scott scott made like a motion to look to xavier mm-hmm. and that's where magneto's like mm, nope fuck yourself yeah. you're, you're you're messing this up but also i guess it's re- like is xavier required to touch his head when he does that because i think that was like the real tell there's a confirmation because magneto looks back and, and xavier's like concentrating and like i understand the concentrating part but he's like touching his head like the iconic xavier <sighs> I'm pretty sure he does not have to touch his head. So he needs to work on his poker face is the wrong word. Poker thing. Tell. I don't know. Tell. Yeah, there His tell. His tell. So, yeah, so Magneto's like, nope. And he puts Xavier in a tube. It, right before he goes unconscious, Xavier, like, shoots, like, a last-second message off to Wolverine. He's like, lose the battle. And Wolverine's like, what? And Alex, who's still... And we're, we're getting the idea that he's still pretty young and kind of naive. Also, he hasn't been through any of this superhero shit yet. Yeah, he has he has no idea of what's going on. And, you know, when we saw them in the, the flashback, I would say you looked like they were probably like two years difference when they were younger based on the size difference between them. So, you know, he's probably closer to like Evan's age than he is to Scott's age, you know. Yeah. And Alex says well, Magneto just wants to help. And oh, the reason Alex says this is because Scott is ready to blast Xavier out of that tube. Magneto says, like, if you do that, he won't survive the decompression or whatever yep. and that's when alex is like he he, he stops because cyclops is like his charge is all like his eyes are all charged up you can see it through the glasses and alex like stops him he's like magneto just wants to help everyone and at the very least he puts a pause on cyclops is like blowing up the room or at least killing xavier <laughs> yeah right and then back on the island wolverine is you like, could call it hawaii yeah oh yeah wolverine is like trying to like rationalize like why xavier would have told him to stand down and then like not elaborate and i think it was if i remember right it was something that like Sabretooth saying about getting a reward or whatever again and he was like oh you're right like i don't want this and so he he lets himself get like knocked off the cliff which looks incredibly painful like it was reminiscent of how black widow lands in endgame yeah yeah like he's just on a rock cliff face like just like looking like he was dead and it looked like he might have been acting a bit because once the orb comes and gets Sabretooth, he like you know opens the one eye to make sure he's gone and then he looks over and there's just the helicopter chilling right by him yeah i saw that i was like and he steals a helicopter i guess yes (laughs) at the mansion spike kitty nightcrawler and toad arrive and find mystique there and toad calls mystique a loser too right which is true that's how i've been noting that group everybody got like not raptured as the losers in my notes so <laughs> toad and rod have both called mystique a loser yep and mystique one gets pissed at toad and then two she's like no no we're gonna we're gonna pay him a visit you want to go together and yeah. that's when Wolverine returns. Which, by the way, geographically, Wolverine flew somehow from Hawaii to New York. In a helicopter. A helicopter cannot do that. The magic of family. Dude, <laughs> there there was... I would get it if there's a 
fancy special high-tech helicopter like what we're gonna see in a few minutes that was a regular like just helicopter so it took the kids to come from the beach back to the mansion as long as it took wolverine to get from hawaii back to new york maybe the kids also went to like you know, California to the beach. I don't know. I don't know how long Mystique on, on a road trip. Yeah, I don't know. it's a forty-hour drive. <laughs> right. I know. I made it. <laughs> Same. I won't do it again. Yeah, I did it several times. I won't Oof. do it again. Nope. Them old. My note here exactly says Logan arrives and all the losers decide to go after Magneto. And Mystique's like, "Well, I know him best, so I'm going to call the shots." And, and Logan's like. Okay, good luck with that. And she starts yeah. leaving. And then she's He's like, like, get your own ride. Yeah. And she's like, fine. She's like, but I get like a say or an input in it or whatever. I, you, you have to consult me, essentially. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really pathetic, like last words. And that's where we get the toy reveal, which I don't know if this actually got turned into a toy, but it was called the XM Velocity, which was the most extreme games name for a helicopter I've ever heard in my fucking life. I, I, yeah, I wrote that down, too. I was like, was that just to throw a bunch of 90s buzzwords into a hat and then take them out? John, remember <laughs> when this episode airs, look up to see if they made a toy with this. Yeah, that sounds like it sounds like they would. That's, it that's sounds like-, like a toy name. Hardcore. And it actually gets referred to kind of as a toy later. Yeah, that's the only reason they have new vehicles in these shows, right? It's like you need to introduce like another accessory. I don't actually remember toys for evolution. I mean, I, we weren't at the age group, you know, like we talked about. There was that, that awkward like, oh, senior year of high school going into college. Like we kind of like separated from the collector market at that point for both of us, weirdly enough. And, I, and then by this point, I was so this was May two thousand one. Yeah, yeah I, I was packing my bags for college, so same. Like, I, I just wasn't like in that headspace. And the next like six years of my life was just a blur. <laughs> and then on the asteroid, Scott is like on a balcony. I guess you can breathe in that atmosphere. I don't know how far up they are. I got the impression they're not that high up. I got yeah. the impression that the asteroid is like floating, like halfway up a mountain height, and they're just in flat area. So it's more more of like a. Like a Howling's floating castle thing or something instead of an asteroid. I think it's built on an asteroid. Yeah, yeah. But like, no. I, I have questions about the floating and gravity and whatever. It doesn't matter. But he's out there and he's having a flashback of the plane crash. And it plays out how I imagine, like how I'm known it. You know, it's kind of like seeing Bruce Wayne's parents and stuff. You kind right. of like this template and a couple things could get changed around. But besides the Corsair thing that you mentioned before, it's kind of what I expected. It's like this couple and they send their kids out because there's only enough parachutes for the two of them that was a change you mentioned though instead of sharing one the two so that's the that's the only part that i actually had a problem with with the change okay. was they're both small kids mm-hmm. why would you not each parent grab a kid and wear the parachute because they're not yeah. heavy enough that like you can't tandem jump with them yeah i mean they didn't clarify they were good parents. I mean, they're obviously, <laughs> they're not the worst parents because they didn't jump yeah. out and leave the kids. Well, so maybe better word, capable parents. Because <laughs> they both took their children on some sort of dangerous mission. They didn't clarify in this version what that was. I know there's been takes on it before. But also, yeah, they're like, oh, crisis. Let's let these children who, even if they land in the jungle, are they going to be like raised by wolves or something? Like what's going to happen? Not, jungle's wrong with wolves, but you know. I was going to say, Rod, there's so many problems with what you just said. Alex arrives and they kind of start talking a little bit more about it. And you see that Scott's parachute caught fire, which is why the two of them got separated. I thought it was... It was kind of sweet because they had the flashback together. Yeah. You know, it's like when you, you and a friend have the same dream, you're like, wait, are we visiting this different planet nope. or something together? Nope, never had that. <laughs> nope. Now you're making shit up. Right. So then it reveals that Scott was in a coma for a while. 
Yeah, he hit his he hit his ground the ground pretty hard, and it put him in a coma for a month. And the hospital told him he was the only one that made it, and he apologizes to Alex for it because he's like, "If I had known, I would have looked for you." He was a kid when it happened, so why wouldn't you believe the adult in the hospital when you woke up? But then he's like old enough now; he's starting. To also, why would anybody lie about that to you as a kid? <laughs> right? Or I mean, like at least like investigate into it. Like, is he really? Like, did you find? Yeah, like, where's the, yeah, like, did you guys put out a search party? But he's now old enough. I feel like this is around the age you start questioning your authorities if you weren't already. You're like, is it, is there, are things really the way they are and stuff? You mean like when your mentor doesn't tell you about the arch villain that (laughs) created an asteroid? Yeah. And so he, yeah, he apologizes, rightfully so. And Alex, Alex continues to describe the feeling of his powers manifesting that you thought in the previous episode was really interesting. He says his joints are on fire and as someone that had i've had joint problems since i was like a kid i was like what an interesting take on that that might that probably wasn't on purpose but like maybe it was because you know when you're going through that you know puberty and stuff stuff hurts and growing pains and stuff they call growing pains and things what an interesting take on that the doctor wrote it off as like oh you're just growing up or whatever and he's like no i can literally like shoot like lasers out of my hands you know (laughs) i killed a shark sir Right. And the Magneto intrudes because Magneto also has no boundaries. It sounds like he was listening to at least the end of that conversation because he kind of continues their conversation with saying like, well, you, you were both part of the mutant evolution. And then that's that meme of like Leonardo DiCaprio staring, pointing the screen like, oh, they said the thing, you know, <laughs> like this is a show. Well, he, he mentions it's essentially going to be like a renaissance, too which is you know obviously a lot of beautiful things have come out of the renaissance but renaissance also is a little bit of turmoil too because a lot of change needs to happen yeah and questionable practices lots of mistakes are made in times like that so he walks them inside to show them like what's really going on there because it's not just uh, you get to come to like utopia and this is the part that was spoiled for me on TikTok. The mutant enhancer. Yeah, and but and you have described something kind of like this with the comics, right? With they're kind of enhancing or combining powers and stuff. Well, there's there's a few things in the comics. You have secondary evolutions, so like a psychic, and then her secondary evolution was being able to turn into a diamond form. Beast went more feral and went from looking a little bit like ape-like to being more feline with his appearance. It started in the Grant Morrison run. He started to look like a fucking lion, essentially. (laughs) So that was one thing. The other was, you know, people using the X gene as a drug. So they people could get powers or enhance powers via this drug. And then the other one is like, if you have two mutants together, essentially, like they would do a synergy style of powers, like the powers one plus one equals three scenario so he's explaining how these things are working and then this is the i think the probably the reason why we got the juggernaut episode because when the juggernaut episode happened we were like why was that episode a thing and also in the juggernaut episode they mentioned that he used mysticism but they never specified that he was holding the gemma sidorak and also he was a a mutant too which is not standard but the the only part that drove me nuts where i actually yelled at the screen Magneto called it Ciderac, and I yeah. yelled. Especially because it was a Juggernaut episode where you specifically mentioned, like, and thanks to 92, I know how to pronounce Ciderac. Yep. And it's like, what the fuck? That was probably a rushed voice acting session, right? Like, there wasn't someone. Or just else. not a reference, because, you know, they, yeah. they weren't looking at a VHS at that point. All that said, I would be lying if I didn't admit, I always thought his name was Thanos, not Thanos. So, oh, you know, yeah. can't give him too much shit for a thing that 
has only been pronounced in two episodes of a cartoon previously. Like, they're not looking up Comic-Con whole H footage for that kind of thing. And he never mentions it again, but he does pull up the gem. And I guess also, if you didn't really know the other show or the comics, you wouldn't have connected Juggernaut's mysticism, like you mentioned, with this. But that's, once again, I'm assuming everybody already knows this lore, but for some reason you're just jumping into this episode. That crystal is what in other versions have given Juggernaut his power and in this version enhanced his powers. But so I, I kind of dig, besides the pronunciation, I kind of dig this little retcon where he's like, okay, well, if it did this for Juggernaut, then we're gonna do this with everybody or mm-hmm. the chosen ones or whatever. So he has this machine, it's basically like a tunnel you walk through. It's like a yep. guided conveyor belt and it enhances people and stuff. And I think it was Scott that was like, why don't you do it yourself? And he's like, already did. Where yeah. his white hair came from? And then he sends Sabretooth through yeah, because Cyclops still doesn't trust him. He's like, oh, it's fine. I'll just put the one with a stupid healing factor through it anyway, just to be safe. And then Sabretooth comes out just like a buffer version of himself because he was already kind of feral to begin with. So now he's just like bigger. But also remember, like when we talked about this redesign of Sabretooth, I think I mentioned it in the first appearance. Like he was almost too trim. Yeah, now yeah. he actually fits the build of historical saber tooth yeah everybody is more bulky in a muscular way when they come out of this machine it's like one of the enhancements like jaw lines and everything we catch up with the x-men who are approaching in the what was it xm velocity logan reveals to toad that the ship's not made of any metal and so toad is like what the fuck i'm just in a cheap plastic thing or whatever you know so this is something that not only it kind of compounds with what you're saying before with xavier it's like not only did you not tell the kids that Man is this big threat, but you were preparing for him. I will say Wolverine is super, super excited to fly. Did you notice like he was like legitimately enjoying it? Yeah, he's probably been watching it being like constructed for however like months or whatever it's taken to, to make which, thing. Which, who's building it? There's no beast. So many, there's so many things. There's like, who's, who's making who, repairs? That who place? built the hangar? Yeah. Who built the fucking Cerebro? Anyway, with all this labor that we're assuming is getting killed after they constructed it, because they're not talking about it afterwards. And then everybody else super freaked out. Yeah, so they're like, we're on a plastic ship. And then that's when we get Sabretooth emerging from the enhancement machine or whatever as an actual Bigfoot is what I know it was. <laughs> Did you notice, though, his legs had changed form and it was a little bit more like a lion's paw? As opposed to like a regular like human foot, like it had like that arch to it. As I'm doing this on an audio podcast, yeah, Yeah. I didn't notice that he he became furrier. So that it was a little more werewolfy in terms of like Mm -hmm. body structure and such. So other than that, his demeanor didn't change that much. I know they said like you know they mentioned later like oh changes the way you think like not saber tooth. There's no lights on inside anyway. So I think he had two lights on, and now he only has one. You're right. So. And then the brothers debate going in. Yeah, and Alex is like, I want to do it, but I'm not going to do it without you, which I kind of appreciated because, like, at first, I didn't know if Alex was kind of brainwashed a little bit into Magneto stuff, but he's obviously just naive as opposed to, like, I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. He's just a kid. Right. And once again, like, this is his first introduction to this whole, like, craziness of the mutant world and stuff. So the brothers do go in, but as the vault door closes, Gene yells at them because they're they're all awake now because, like, Magneto wants them to watch the brothers get changed and stuff. And then Xavier telepathically warns them that the last second as the vault door closes that this machine will, like, alter their minds. But it's too late. It, Scott's inside. And then the enhancement process was a lot faster than I thought it was going to be. I thought there was going to be like a struggle. It might even be painful or whatever. They just kind of open up. They walk out. They're there and they're on like a little conveyor belt. 
and it does happen pretty quick but you could see there's like some moment of resistance at the beginning where they're like oh shit i want to get off of this thing and then they can't oh hi lucy lucy's making a cameo now <laughs> that's fine hey hey girl if you hear a little purring that's what's happening now too i guess she's just comfortable right here okay so scott and alex emerge and i put bigger with white hair yeah super buff and white haired i guess that's this is this show's explanation of magneto's hair i guess maybe i don't know it also makes me wonder if quicksilver has already been enhanced and that's why he's a teenager with white hair you know what i forgot too you mentioned it wasn't explicitly said in the show but the showrunners or whatever it said that magneto had figured a way to like initiate the xg and that's why nightcrawler is the way he is he had experimented on him yeah so yeah so there might be some merit to quicksilver like you said like maybe he doesn't know of something that was done to him when he was a baby or something probably huh interesting and magda's probably still dead in this universe too right. so and then magneto calls alex havoc doesn't give a reason but he's just like my havoc i guess it just sounds like a cool 90s word so interestingly enough this is the only time in the series where he is ever called havoc is this episode <laughs> i guess that makes sense because we'll see later like they it's like his villain code right and then he he looks over at scott and i was waiting for him to rename scott too mm-hmm. and he was like show him your eyes and then we see that he's able to take his glasses off and like control the optic blast, which is kind of a cool thing to be able to hang on to, though. I mean, despite the, you know, mental ch- <laughs> the mind change or whatever and the muscular stuff. I mean, that's two positives and one negative. If you really right. want to think about it. Right. Yeah. Dude is jacked. He can now control his eyes, but he's brainwashed. Yeah. Right after this, they kind of clarify on that. He's not even really brainwashed. He says, you're just devoid of useless emotions, which I would love. Right. <laughs> He said it gives you clear perspective. If I don't have emotions, I don't worry about people. Right, there you go. I guess that's the thing. You have no perspective. Because my argument was like... This I is my like, villain, villain origin story. There you go, yeah. I was thinking like, if you have no emotions, then like there's not really a perspective. You just, you know, that's objectivity. So that's that's fine. That's its own thing. Well, maybe not fine. But nope. That's its own thing. Nope. That's, <laughs> what, that's, that's what the AI uprising is going to say, Rod. Right. And in six months from now, you're not going to be speaking that tune. Right. No, I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. And there's a, um, there's a reason I tell my Amazon device thank you after it's done, you know, giving a task right. for me. So right. he's like, here's a candy bar. And so the ship arrives. Yeah, the alarm goes off. And then Magneto has a skylight ready to go. Yeah, and he, he waves his hand like he's going to do something. And he's like, there's no metal on that ship. And then I, I respond with cocky Xavier. Did he say something? I forgot if he... He just gives him like a look. A look. Like the like, like smug right. asshole, like meh. Like I just yeah. shrugged my shoulders emoji. That's funny. And then Scott and Havoc shoot down the ship on Magneto's command. <laughs> yeah, they run out to the landing pad and they just shoot it down. And then which is an awful crash landing, too. Yeah, it looked like it would have killed everyone especially if it's made of plastic made of plastic and filled with kids except for mystique and logan and then my note here says the losers emerge from the ship and then start fighting but before (laughs) they do that gene has started to get her power back because magneto had let everybody regain consciousness and as scott and havoc are about to get run over by the ship she actually pulls them into safety relatively and then the wall collapses as as the ship fully stops this is probably a part i missed while i was like looking down to write my notes because once again if you didn't remember from the previous episode because of technical difficulties i couldn't pause or do anything with this episode i just had to like go like in real time so were Uh, you like how did they end up under rubble yeah i didn't even know until later they're like scott and havoc are still under the rubble like they were under rubble okay so to your point the losers emerge mystique 
just goes right to Magneto with his full defense of other Brotherhood kids right there. Yeah, but she was angry. She was like, why did I have to prove myself? Wolverine jumps on top of the tubes and cuts those off. And then immediately Sabretooth attacks him. Makes sense. And then they everybody starts doing like the getaway plan. And Storm and Rogue are, are there to get the Blackbird up and running again. And then Xavier and Jean go after Scott and Alex. See, see how good my notes were because I was trying to do this in real time. Nightcrawler knocks the Blob out. Kitty and Spike knock out Lance. When he knocks Blob out, Blob accidentally opens the door to the tube. Oh, okay. I got you. I think, yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't catch that. Now, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because the tube needs to be open. <gasps> I love that Rod is experiencing this episode <laughs> twice tonight right. for the first time. Then <laughs> Kitty and Spike knock out Lance or Avalanche, I guess he's finally being called in this episode. Mystique. And Magneto, Magneto continue to fight. She gets knocked into the enhancer. This is specifically what was spoiled for me in the TikTok comments because we had made a TikTok about why does Mystique turn into animals and stuff. And the commenter, who, once again, I'm going to assume was kind of innocent, was like, well, was this before or after she got thrown to the enhancer at the end? I was like, oh, okay. So and you're like, oh. And then Magneto goes in after her. Oh, yeah. But I guess it doesn't affect him twice. because I don't know. I mean, we'd have no idea. He was, he was like, no. I, I, and I couldn't tell. I guess it could have been for a number of reasons. But it was either that, like, he didn't want to have someone that pissed at him, that powerful. He already had made his decision of who would be, like, the fittest to go through the process it was like a double like disappointment for him mm -hmm. Sabretooth and wolverine fight with a little help from toad like i said i've been looking down to write my notes a little bit so i'm not sure if toad had been helping other people in the fights as well but it looked like he was just kind of skulking around the ceiling kind of like dropping little bits of help toad helped a little bit with the mystique and magneto thing magneto yeah. was throwing metal at her and he interfered on that one so he was kind of like just like sprinkled throughout all these fights. right yeah, the, the part that you didn't mention was Mystique basically took a computer to the face, and that's what <laughs> knocked her into the enhancement tube. She's resilient. She's like that Chumbo Woman song. Oh, dude. I mean, I guess if you're a shapeshifter, like, it's really fucking hard to kill you, apparently. Right. Spike fights Quicksilver, which is basically the same fight they had when they first met. And he finally figures out how to stop him. Yeah, with the which octopus. just throws spikes in the gr in the ground. Yeah, yeah, and then Rogue knocks him out by absorbing a little bit of his power. I like she's kind of like the 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 wild card, right? That's she can do like whenever they like if they if you can, they can corner you, Rogue can take you out. That's right. That's like the trick. Gene and Xavier get to Scott, try to get them out of there. Toad grabs Lance and Blob, and they're like. Wait, man, what are you doing? What side are we on? And Toad's response is, I'm on the side that lives. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> which I respect. That is yeah. exactly what Toad should be doing. And then Blob sees, like, during the, the fight, Rubble got in the way of their escape. And Blob just, like, blasts through it. He mm -hmm. just throws himself through it. Storm tornadoes Sabretooth, and that's how he gets out. Scott is kind of, like, blasting out of, of their thing. And then gets mad at Xavier and... And Gene, yeah. For no emotions, there's having emotions. Yeah, his emotion seems to be anger. Right. <laughs> and my note here is Gene breaks up with Scott. Well, I guess they're not together yet, but she, she's just like, I'm done. Well, Whatever. Scott has gone full on, like, with the brainwashing of, like, we're the future. And Gene's like, mm, yeah, if that's the future, I don't want to be any part of it. And Xavier, you know, said mutants shouldn't be separated but we weren't the ones who drew the line. Magneto was, and you were the one who crossed it and yeah. just throws that right in Scott's face. 
It was basically Xavier's version of the I'm not mad, I'm disappointed speech. Wolverine and Xavier start going to the jet and it's like, they'll do what they need to. It's basically like, I'm going to leave him behind and let him make his own fucking decision. Yeah, it's kind of cold for someone who's either had that much history, but I guess they saw that there was no hope. I don't know. I, don't, I wasn't in those shoes, so I don't know. Then Mystique emerges from the Enhancer machine as Rebecca remains Deimos. Yeah, she 100% just literally took the scale mode from yeah. from the X-Men movie. And the, and the short hair and everything, the shorter hair and stuff. Yep. So it, yeah, they, there had to be an influence where like, okay, movies are doing hot, or I don't know if they're doing well, or they just wanted to pr- promote them or both. I mean, that, that movie was considered a success on release, yeah. so no yeah, doubt we, that that was an inspiration for it. We need some synergy here, you know? Yep. And the brothers kind of come to. Right. Uh, as the the jet starts to starts to to take off xavier basically was like you know we couldn't force them to come with us you know they were too powerful and that's where scott and alex have made the decision to to join them and if that happened the landing pad just starts to crash yeah and so the the ship falls off the asteroid basically and stuff and then the the brothers can't make the jump anymore but they do jump and this is like supposed to be like a really sentimental moment that parallels their origin story they fall off and they hold hands this time (laughs) while using powers that would murder most people right yeah yeah i actually i thought that this was gonna be the cliffhanger you know and then we would see what happens in the second season but yeah then the powers they use their powers to like soften their landing yeah they basically use the concussive blast to to slow their their fall and then they realize the asteroid has started to fall and they unleash all of their power back up into it to prevent everybody else from being crushed and killed by this which a how much fucking power did they have holy crap dude the the visual effect that they added for it exploding <laughs> literally reminded me of the death star explosions from star yeah. wars it was like Everything is exploding at every single angle, and the debris would have murdered them. But aside from that, it's kind of like when Sokovia. Yeah, like down, like that's actually. Right? Yeah, it definitely. <laughs> well, and we know from other shows, Sokovia definitely killed lots of people on the landing. Yeah. So as it's exploding, they just kind of nonchalantly show two orbs flying out of it. Yes, specifically two orbs, even though we know there are three people in there. No explanation. That's our cliffhanger. Yeah, because you know Magneto, Mystique, and Quicksilver were still in there. Yeah, I forgot about Quicksilver. Yeah, Yeah, everybody does. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And then when the the crazy, like the whitewash of the like the blast fades, Scott and Alex are back to normal. I didn't know that's how that power worked. Did they drain themselves of their buffness? Whatever was in them, they let it all out. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't let them stay in that mode. I mean, one, just the physical difference of them looking like big weirdo dudes in high school. Like it wouldn't have worked. So, yeah. Well, because at first I thought maybe it had something to do with destroying the cider rack or however they said it crystals instead of cider rack crystals like does that i don't think you could destroy the the gem to be honest but that can't be true because i know from the spoilers that mystique stays that way so yeah i think it was um, they expelled the energy wild but anyway yeah so no one questions that part they're like cool you're back to normal gene walks up and gives scott his glasses and they have like their full house ending scott apologizes and he's like you know i made some bad choices xavier says you made some misinformed choices which i think is the worst apology i've ever heard because he's the reason he was misinformed yeah he was like you the whole season was about lack of information i was gonna say it's not even misinformed it's like uninformed right yeah like you just didn't know about this dude and 
to Scott's credit, A, he's a teenager, and B, he was he just found out his brother was still alive after thinking he was dead for several years. And so, like, there were some bad choices in the middle of that, but, like, they weren't, they don't feel like they were specifically ill-intentioned. Like, he threw right. his brother into a machine because he didn't want him to go alone. And he tried to stop at the end. It wasn't like he was already, like, sold in, like, F you, I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. I kind of didn't, like... There's something about this version of Xavier, and I don't want to say I don't like the character. I just don't like him. Yeah. If that makes sense. Watch him become the big bad at the end of the series. I hilarious. mean, <laughs> dude, I've 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 told you in the comics there have been times where Xavier goes wrong. Like some of the shit that he does is very shady in the comics. So I think it was you and Michelle Waffle when she was on had talked about like the weird like creepy xavier or something well i mean there's there's times where xavier's psyche merged with magneto's psyche and that created onslaught there's the founding of krakoa is all based on a lie that you know basically there is a reset point that happens and they don't tell people about that and they literally hide a certain character like there's like lots of shady shit that happens if there's people who are I don't know, well educated in like writing and storytelling and stuff they probably you probably know a word for this i don't know what it is but it feels like this is a trope or if there isn't a word one of you guys should come up with it and you will go down history because this is I mean, so xavier's this in the x-men universe not just a show just an x-men in general and then like in like mortal kombat raiden's always this guy i must consult the elder gods and raiden always fucks shit up and but he's supposed to be the one that saves it. And then, like, in the MCU, it's, like, Iron Man or the Avengers in general always cause, like, the problems that they have to take care of later and stuff. It's, like, the hero, had they not been involved, like, a lot of the problems. It's kind of the Batman theory of Gotham is as bad as it is because it's an arms race war of escalation because of him existing. Yeah. 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 So whatever that that's called. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the phrasing for that is, but I, I've definitely heard that it's like just by being there, other stuff is like a butterfly effect that keeps getting worse. So yeah, we'll see how Xavier progresses through this show. <laughs> yeah. So Toad is like, yep, wonder what's going to happen to us. And then Lance notices that the two of the balls had popped out. And he's like, well, Mystique's going to be back. Yeah, <laughs> you get, you know, the reuniting moment from Alex and Cyclops. And then it's just kind of like, you know, you're always welcome to come to the Institute. And it's the everybody is in the unnatural pose yeah. climax to the episode. So you can take a screenshot for your desktop wallpaper. Except if you're on Disney Plus and screen grab doesn't work on, right. uh, the, on the desktop uh, app for it. Yeah. So no, this is back in the, the DVD days. <laughs> yeah, that, back when they were like, oh, people can rip stuff. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. But that's season one of Evolution. You know, we had our criticisms of some stuff, but I surprisingly, like, really liked it. I didn't know how I was going to feel about it because, you know, I love the 92 series so much. I think they did a smooth transition of adapting these characters as kids for the most part, keeping it kind of fun and relatable, a little bit updated, but still that kind of Y2K feeling. And, and I guess a genuine amount of suspense. Right. Right word. Because you, I mean, you definitely know more about the X-Men universe than I do. We're both kind of like, what's going to happen next? Yeah, like I, I, I've mentioned on previous episodes, what I have read has always been the core characters as adults. Like, aside from reading X-Men number one way back in the, the 60s and what we're reading it as a reprint, which you still get to do, I didn't start reading X-Men until the 90s. And at that point, they were already adults. Yeah. So, like, yes, I read... You know, like, First Class, which was, like, a flashback story. 
I read X-Men Gold, I believe was the book, or X-Men Blue, I can't remember, where it was like the kids from the past get brought into the future and stuff like that. But it's like, I've not really read the straight up stories of them as a group still in school. So, you know, you just brought back a memory. I did read a portion of the first class series because I, several lifetimes ago, I worked at Barnes and Noble and in the music section and it was right next to the graphic novels. Yeah. So when it was dead, I would go grab something and I don't know why, maybe it was on display or something. I grabbed some of the first class books and start reading them and I really liked them. I think I remember a story of like them taking a tour somewhere in like the Alps or whatever. And then their tour guide ended up becoming Thor or end up revealing himself as Thor, if that sounds right. Anyway, I really loved all those stories. And then when the first class movies came out, I was 1,000% extra pissed because it was not at all based on any of the stories of the first class books. Right. You are <laughs> you are not wrong about that. It was definitely a very different take on it. I enjoy first class, but I could see if that's your only version of first class is just reading the first class book. They, it's kind of like my feelings about Secret Invasion. I'm like, I have a very specific narrative in my head of what Secret Invasion is, and this is just a total discrepancy for me. But also, no matter what side you're on, we can all agree that we're disappointed in the show. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with the you know a lot of what you're saying. I I was a little unsure because we know that '92 aged really well, like Batman the Animated Series did. And not all cartoons from that era do age well. So I was a little nervous, like, was this going to be one that did? And and thankfully, it has. You know, I'm I'm sure the Leewalds get a little bit of credit for, like, reinventing how Marvel was using their cartoon series, because not all of them kept our interest. Not all of them made us keep coming back to it. Like, there's a reason why everybody cares about the X-Men stories, but nobody's asking for another Fantastic Four cartoon. Right, like Silver Surfer or something. Yeah, I've never watched that. I probably won't watch that. (laughs) So I did watch it. I really enjoyed it, but the reason I would say not to watch it is it doesn't end. They never finished the story. It just got cancelled or something. Yeah. I liked it. But we've also heard that rumor on, or not rumor, we've heard that about this show is it ends on a pseudo cliffhanger, which I don't love. Oh, that's right. Kit. Kit let us know. (laughs) Which is not a spoiler, but it's also not great to hear. So, Rod, we get to take a few weeks off to, you know, before we have to go into season two. Yeah, I'm turning 41 in that time off. (laughs) Yeah, you are. So, pray for my liver. I'm going to try to make it longer than last year. Last year, our mutual friend, Billy, I was doing good all night. And then he, and this is probably a culmination, not just him. But he bought me like a banana flavored Harry Potter cocktail or whatever. Oh, things where i remember the shot coming up but i don't remember the glass coming down and that sounds awful and then i don't remember i don't and then waking up the next afternoon in this room on a pile of my things speaking of it looks like my cat has uh, snuck in the room hang on we couldn't even end the episode okay we gotta end this episode because my cat is lacking attention yeah thanks for joining us rod is literally (laughs) doing the sign off with his cat hugging him right now yeah this is this is her spot ever since she was a kid that you can't see because it's audio thanks for joining us if you have any thoughts make sure to drop them into the comments for either the youtube upload or official instagram post about this episode if you like what you heard we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app you're choosing you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and CastBox. You good, Lucy? Lucy's good. We can end the episode.